Welcome to the Synthesizers Podcast. Hey, Synthesizers. Welcome back. Hey, Synthesizers. Um, I was thinking about how, um, how we came up with the name Synthesizers, and I just want to go back and touch on, on that real quick. Uh, it's a wonderful memory that uh, was rolling around in my head today. We, were, we did an episode about choosing our name, and what we found was every name for a podcast had been taken. There was nothing available, and we were even trying combinations of words. On the, pod, we, on the podcast. On the podcast. None of that was planned, which was more fun. And, and when we had concluded, we, I think we had stopped recording, and we were just talking. And, uh, and I said, what I love about talking about, what I love about talking to you, Todd, is that I learn something new every time. And when I learn something new and I accept it as truth, I welcome it into my base of knowledge. That was on the podcast. Was it? Yeah. I, I synthesize it. I synthesize the new information with the information that I already have and the things that I already know. And I accept new truths. And inevitably, in accepting new truths, we have to let go of things we might have previously believed right. um, if, if it contradicts. Yeah. And I love staying in that teachable, humble space. Yeah. And, and, I ho- and I hope that I'm always there. I hope that I don't stagnate. And there are very uh, uh, learned people. I was going to say intelligent, but there are very learned people who are so trapped in their dogma, so, so ensconced in their beliefs that they can't learn anything new. And a lot of times out of uh, good intent, you know, like they, they don't, they, they've accepted it so far that any question against it now is like, it's a no, it's not, a, it's no go. Like you can't question that. So it's completely off limits. So they want to protect their faith, you know? Yeah. And it's strange. There's like so much um, war language built into uh, our Christian culture, like into the songs um, where the Salvation Army, where the saints that go marching in. We're warriors. Um, We're, yeah. And so you get that mentality that even down to the last man dying, I will stand for these things and I will not and I will not question them. And it's interesting in the culture, I was thinking about this today, and I was going to ask you, in the culture that I was raised in, we saluted the American flag, and then we also had a Christian flag. At the front of my church, there was a, an American flag. We did yeah. the Pledge of Allegiance and the Christian flag, and there was a pledge to that as well, although we did I don't that, have that. Yeah, we did that in, Bible, in our uh, vacation Bible school when I was little, and we would march down the aisle carrying each flag. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one brotherhood, uniting all Christians in service and love. Something like that. Wow, that's it, it's amazing. Stuck, it's uh, it's, it's an, it integrated into my mind. Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I brought that up. Some might say that you were indoctrinated. Absolutely. While, while, your, while your brain was... Uh, was still malleable when you were thinking in concrete, you know, you kind of kids, they kind of think in concrete ways, black and white until they get about 12 or 13. And then they start to become interesting. They feel big feels, they understand lyrics and songs and they start to understand abstract thoughts, you know? Um, But you can make it. And you tend to forget, you tend to forget fast what led up to that, you know? 
before you like you have to look back and go oh crap wow that you just forget you forget how how you were before those abstracts started occurring and how much indoctrination was happening on and whatever you were involved in sorry did that go off the rails when you're a child and the people that you trust the most are telling you these things uh, and they're saying this is true and this is my 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 source of food my source of nurturing with my shelter is connected to this and they say it's true then 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 it's true and i think that we become we got like wired to believe these things like literally our neurological pathways if you believe if you grow up believing that um that there is a God and he's watching you all the time. He's watching you when you're good. He's watching you, you when you're bad on the toilet, masturbating, cheating, he, he's there. If you believe that, even after you dismiss your faith, you will still have that feeling that somebody's watching you, you know, in yeah. everything that you do. Yeah. And, and in a way, like our consciousness is that. So we were talking about flags and, and you just blew me away when you just recited that pledge that I have long since forgotten. Was that in your church or was that in a school that you grew up in? It was the church, but our vacation Bible school during the summer. Yeah. So that was our, well, I mean, it, it, side note, it's, it's weird. We, we didn't always have a pledge of the allegiance in the United States either. and the the pledge was written by a socialist and it was it was set up to be used by any country for that purpose like it was just we never had that before a certain time a very recent majesty yeah so it was right after world war ii where there was like a new wave of christian nationalism and they put in god we trust on Mm -hmm. the on the on the on the fiat currency and uh People think it was always there. We're a Christian yeah. nation. See, look on the currency. It's, it was our grandparents' generation yeah. that did that. And, and that's so interesting to me, Todd, how we got from, from let's just say like Christianity, for instance. Uh, it, was, it was born into the Roman Empire, right? there was a subjugated nation and, and they were ruled, they were policed, there was military uh, everywhere. And you read the Bible and these ideas are pretty anti-government. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Pretty pro-communism, pretty, an- pretty anti-government. How we took the leap all the way to Christian nationalism, you know, and, and the empire of America it's ours, but it's no different than the empire of Rome. And I'm just saying that early Christianity in the movement of Jesus was very much anti that. I mean, he did say, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. He did say, right. God put the rulers into place, but it is pretty anti-establishment. It you is, know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. And and, and, there, and that's, that also, um, first people forget like that the the writers of our letters in our scriptures that were accepted like they weren't just like dumb people just writing down stuff like these these are well-intentioned writers writing specific types of writings like specific uh styles and it everything was very very like intentional and down to you know references to like empire empires or the the ones ruling over you like using metaphors for that 
you know, and if you don't have a history of knowing any of that, man, you can run a long way with some small stuff, you know? So, so I got a question for you. Ask me. Why does the conservative culture, why does the political right have such a boner for flags or for the flag? Do you, do you share that same sentimentalism about no. flags? No, no, no. Uh, and I also think it was a, like you said, after World War II with the big rising of people always love their country. But I mean, once you start to try to fight like a, or even with, with communism and stuff like that, when once you start fighting that and fighting like someone, like a country that doesn't believe in God and is trying to take it down, at that point, you're pledging allegiance using God along with it. And you're, you're, intertwined at that point if you feel good about your country then you are going to feel good about god and god definitely feels good about your country and there's no easy answer for how we got here but man that's a it's a easy slow burn you know like and yeah it's so strange and i've watched it for years now like they don't love the flag like we're not called the love of the flag what is this flag love what is this flag Worship. My, my grandfather was a soldier and a patriot, and he put up his flag in his yard. And I loved, as a kid, helping him take yeah. it down and, and fold it. I like the respect and of it. There's the American flag, and then we just talked about the Christian flag. But now, like, another flag that I'm familiar with, that, that you might be familiar with, is the, the don't tread on me flag. Yeah. I think, is that the flag of Virginia? You can picture it. It's yellow. It has a coiled so. snake used by a lot of militia exactly the don't tread on me yeah a militia and an, an anti-government flag yes and then um yeah then there's the then there's the trump flag and i've yeah. never seen this as much as i love obama and you, you can see i have this portrait back here but that's really largely because it's a shepherd fairy prince mm -hmm. you know um yeah. and kind of a historical piece uh, culturally, but like still all over my town, people have Trump flags hanging from their houses, Trump 2020, <clears throat> Trump 2024. Yeah. And I've noticed lately that the Trump Pence signs have disappeared. Yeah. Like Pence is, out. <laughs> Pence is apparently out. I, I, I could be uh, off on this, but um, so I, I think the flags got replaced more by the talking points, you know, of political culture and stuff and cultural phenomenon, like homosexuality, gay lifestyle, uh, like um, divorce, like any, any hot topic, you know, uh, immigrants, immigration, the wall, all that stuff. And I think like for a lot of people that stayed intellectual and that are in that culture, I, don't, I know a lot of them and they don't like parade flags around, but they sure parade those talking points around, you know? And I think those that are considered, sorry, less intellectual, they can't fully engage in those talking points. So they brought up the flags again, you know, they let's bring them out. So you have both, both doing the same thing, but one goes back to the flag and the others have like metaphorical flags, you know, like that they parade around too. But that, right. I just was thinking about that, how crazy it is. And I was, I don't know, there's something to that. The first time I saw the Blue Lives Matter flag, which is the American flag and- The blue stripe blue for supporting the police, yeah. 
I'm like, what is that? That's the coolest flag I've ever seen. It looks so dope. And it was in the back of this pickup truck, which wasn't a good sign. Um, yeah, that, that's that's it's unfortunate also that that was overtaken too by because I mean I support police sure, but I know there's a fucking problem at the same time you know so but that's not what that flag has come to symbolize. Not what it has come to, yeah. Yeah, I just I just drove uh, through Michigan uh, into the UP and down through Wisconsin, drove around the lake. Uh, with Kat last week and just um, watching, seeing the trees change. We tent camped. Um, it was cool. But all through Wisconsin, there are you mean seeing, giants. You mean seeing the trees die? It's all how you look at it. And, and um, all through Wisconsin, on the hills, like on houses, there are tons of Joe Biden sucks flags. It's kind of a a handwritten flag, but there are straight up printed, just look just like the Trump flags. Fuck Biden. They're all over the place on private property. It's like, it's, it's like sports. It's mixed with sports too, because sports is one of the main American things, you know, like sports, God, country, you know, like, so tribalism. Yeah, it is tribalism. Because I, I, I guarantee you most of the people that have those flags, they just like they're on they're on team whatever it is and they hate the oh. other team like that's it they couldn't have a conversation of why they do and if they do it's look at the gas prices now look what Biden's done like and you're like well you don't understand the economy you don't like so I'm not gonna anyway yeah flags go go flags I mean I mean it, it's strange like the flag worship and um you know it had me it had me thinking about that it's tribalist. But we, as you and I were talking uh, earlier today, we were talking about, it's almost like people have come to worship the Bible. I absolutely believe it, believe that. I've thought about that a lot. When Christians are called to follow Jesus. We've made it an worship, idol. Worship God. The Bible itself has become an idol. It's, but, been, it's, it's called the word of God, which right. it is not never said to have been because it didn't exist when it was <laughs> no matter where you fall on if it's the word of god or not the word of god it's been a bestseller for years right i, mean, I just mean was, i just mean technically yeah it's a it's an ancient book that has inspired many people for like the greatest things human beings have done have yeah. been inspired and in the, 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 the scriptures human beings have ever done and the scriptures ex- all the scriptures existed before this book was put together too so there's a lot not there we've already talked about that stuff but like we made an idol about this one collection of things and have put it up to the pedestal of like god like so man if you misunderstand this book <laughs> wow like that has to do with your creator everything like but you todd have grown up with it and you personally have studied it as as have i and yeah, you can say that it's a pretty misunderstood book, right? And Absolutely. seemingly the people who are most zealous about its perfection and its literal interpretation are the least familiar with what's inside that black cover. You Absolutely. Because when, whenever you have some of the most well-dedicated theologians, Christian theologians, as well as just you know, theologians and general scholars, when they're all disagreeing, you know, it's not clear. Like, 
they all they all can disagree and they're some of the most studied people on the planet you know but they all don't agree on everything so no the bible is not clear <laughs> like there's just it's not there's no but but people use it to people have their own beliefs their own yeah. desires the world that they're trying to manipulate uh, to their best interest and they use the bible and they pull things from the bible they decontextualize yep. to support the things that 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 they believe but it's so interesting often the Bible also says the exact opposite. Absolutely, yeah. That, yeah, and, and and or 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 what has come to be believed just isn't there, like period. Whole stories, you know, <laughs> whole backgrounds, yeah, yeah. Whole, whole themes and ideas. Some of them are just not there. Like Origin was great at it, you know, yeah. early on. Like yeah. he, uh, when he uh, he started. Um, piecing together things from the old testament to match some of uh, his assumptions about certain things and man those teachings stayed i mean because yeah. he kept writing writing stuff and was very influential but like those assumptions stayed now if yeah. you question that man you're almost not a not a christian no. and now what we have and even what is argued among the churches isn't what's in the bible but it's about yeah. the doctrine right yeah. Yeah. So it's a structure of beliefs that were pulled from the Bible that are adhered to. Right. I, I remember my, my girlfriend, Kat, um, she said, you seem to be using the words, the word moral and the word ethical interchangeably. She's yeah. like, have you ever thought about the difference in, in, in what these things mean? And I had to take a second. What, what morality is, is just what the majority of people believe is good, right and wrong. And ethics is the, stu the study, the philosophy is of what actually is right and wrong based on the good or harm that it does, right? Yeah. So often morals of a time will burn witches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because oh, yeah. It's an interpretation of what is right. It's largely fear-based, you know, when it moves people to do, to do dark things. Oh um, man, I, I love the era with the morals of uh, followers of Yeshua taking over countries and killing people so to to convert them and almost uh, saving them the trouble of going to hell so they could purify them and burn them alive. Like, like <laughs> what? Yeah. We forget that. I mean, I know that's a that's that's pretty much a stereotype that's brought up as from anyone that wants to make an argument, you know. But it's still very extreme and valid. Like we're we're not that far from that. We still do that on a smaller scale, you know. We 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 have that those ideas still. We just mm. can't do something of them now. Like <laughs> there's some of these guys that I've heard talk over this last few weeks, especially I've been privy to conversations. Like they're angst about certain things. If they were allowed to do certain things they still would like they totally would they would they would go lynch someone they would go like ah, convert it no tough. matter cost but at the same time they're not going to because they have moral ground now that tells them they can't you know legally <laughs> but that's the only thing I, I i'm convinced that's the only things keeping some people in the church still from doing some of that because it's i mean man yeah it's connected to your freedom, God, everything. So like, it's justifiable, man, we'd be doing some, man, some crazy shit would still be going on. 
we just haven't grown that much. I, that was a tirade off to the side, I guess, but it fits in. I I have I have learned to love and appreciate the wisdom of the Bible and the message very much being the idea being to pass wisdom down to the generations that will follow in the hopes that they wouldn't make the same mistake that you did. Yeah. And so a lot of the uh, laws that were developed were largely developed for those cultures at that time for specific reasons that aren't Absolutely. applicable uh, yeah. in the modern world. But I love the idea in the New Testament I don't know why we call it the New Testament and the Old Testament. It's 2,000 years old. They're both freaking old now. Old Testament. No, less Old Testament. Less Old Testament. The, in the New Testament, the idea that it is a living word. And I like to believe that what it means by living is that the ideas are updatable. As wait, wait, wait. The, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean that it's a living word? Because the Bible didn't, the, the Bible didn't exist then. You've never heard the idea that I have, yeah. But I mean, Bible is the living word? No, I've heard that. Yeah, I just mean um, I thought you were saying that in the New Testament they're saying that, but they're not saying you know, it. About, what I'm but, saying is I like that idea that it is yeah. a living word that it isn't yes. stagnant. Sorry, misunderstood. Absolutely, yeah. That it grows, that it grows with us as our culture changes. You know, understanding understanding grows not just like following culture but as our understanding grows we have to adjust right and the things that made sense in the bronze age don't really make sense anymore right you know? yeah. we we go and we find the wisdom in the bible um proverbs bad company corrupts good morals Right. That that is that is a truism. You become who you hang around, yeah. hang around good people. You know, um, there's so much there's tr there's truth there all I mean, the way bl down. Blessed blessed are those who bash their children against the rocks. Uh, I mean, <laughs> and then there's a ton of that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, you know, or 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 even beyond the 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 the, the the graphic stuff of cutting men's penises off and spilling seed on the ground or God, or God telling people to kill every man, woman, and child in that village. I don't, yeah, yeah I don't know. Fuck AI. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our natural one. <laughs> um, so beyond all those stories, there are ideas like, like yeah. in Matthew, it says, um, that you can't, that you can't that anyone who calls another person a fool right will never enter into into the kingdom of heaven and then throughout the next you know uh, canonical gospels jesus calls people fools all the time he calls them hordes of vipers and whitewashed tombs and he says the word fool the word raka from from the Greek, the same the same word that he said will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So there's all kinds of like strange inconsistencies, yeah. even even down to the word. Well, well, especially when uh, it's a there's a separation now because it's a given that supposedly if you are quote unquote saved, it's it's a heart issue and it's a blah blah blah. But then 
people still reference like physical things that will keep you out of heaven, you know, like yeah. the, it, there's a, there's a, like it, those can't be reconciled, you know, don't say fool. Oh crap. Well, I believe in God. Doesn't matter. You already called somebody a fool, you know, like <laughs> don't say hate because that means you murdered someone like all, all of that. I mean, I grew up with that, like, Oh, even if you have mutilated genitals, you can't enter. You can't enter the world. You know, so if you've had testicular cancer, you can't enter. You're screwed. Yeah. Any kind of accident like that, yeah, you're screwed. So, so I think that it's um, it's important to understand what it is. Sixty six books written over thousands of years under completely con- different conditions in different languages and preserved orally over right. thousands of years. It's written like it's happening in the moment. Again, it's a style, you know, of writing, but it's pretty I, consistently believed that Moses wrote the first right. few books of the Old Testament. But and Moses might have been able to record writing in the hieroglyphics that he learned in Egypt where a symbol represents something, but it wasn't until the Israelites marched into Canaan, the promised land, which Moses never entered, did they ever interact with anything that was like an alphabet, where there was a symbol that made a sound and combinations of symbols made words, and you could do thousands of words. That's when writing really took off post-Moses. It would almost be impossible for Moses to have written these things. Yeah. That language wasn't available for a long time after that. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not as learned on that part. Speaking of, speaking of that, one of the greatest things that, that, the, that the Bible is available for is some of the weirdest stories that you'll ever hear. Yeah. And it's made up of things that most people who like hold up the Bible and worship the Bible have no idea the shit that's that's in there can we just do a couple of our do favorites it. our favorites yeah so so i think these, that these my, are these are probably going to launch into part ones and part twos of later podcasts because there's no great. way we can, yeah but we at least have to touch on these to, for perspective Five hundred thousand foot view <laughs> so one of my favorite ones is the story of elisha or alicia right So there are these prophets in Israel. And at this time, like Israel has become completely pagan and completely debaucherous. And Elijah, that's like one of the biggest prophets of the Old Testament, right? And and he didn't die. He's the one who got swept up in a chariot of fire right in front of Elisha. And he stood there and he was like, whoa. And he went back into the village and people are like, oh, is Elijah dead? And he's like, he never died. He never died. He got swept up into heaven in in a chariot of fire. And then he was like, and someday that same thing is going to happen to me. I'm going to get swept up in a chariot of fire. Well, like most people around this era thought that these guys were kind of dicks. Yeah. I mean, Israel wasn't wasn't about the God of the Old Testament at this this point. And so one day, Elisha or Elisha is... uh, well, and most and most prophets were considered that anyway because they they were always uh, ahead of what was going to happen, you know, or they were trying to reprimand, and no one likes to no one likes to be reprimanded, you know. Like, <laughs> so one day uh, 
Alicia is walking up uh, to the village of Bethel. Do you know the story I'm telling? Yeah, do it. And these children come out and they start mocking him because he's bald. I wish and I had my like, I wish I had my poster with me or the calendar. Like, hey, bald head! Hey, bald head! And the, and if you read it there, it says, "Go get swept up. Go up. Go up." Hey, bald head, go up, go up. And they're talking, they're making fun of him because they're like, go do exactly what Elijah, the, the previous right, prophet. Because, because their parents have been making fun of him, teaching the kids the same stories, you know? Like, yeah. And Alicia gets incensed by this and he curses <laughs> at these children, right? Yeah. yeah, here we go. And God, who is empathetic to bald men who, who may also be bald him or herself also was infuriated. And it says that he sent two female bears from the woods and they mauled them. Mauled the children. Mauled the children. <laughs> That's a good emo band name. Mauled the children. Oh man. He sent bears out to maul the children. And I love that that's in there. And that is not preached enough. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Man, I wish that calendar was here. I wish I could have that picture. I've got, I've got it upstairs. I could go get it. Now, right now, let's not worry about it. Uh, we'll, we'll show it another time. Wow. So another, another weird one right there in the beginning, Genesis 6, 1, 1 through 6, is the story of the Nephilim. And... Yeah. If I could give like a little backstory, you Adam can, but let me give a preface to this. I think that some of your backstory is actually not going to be in our accepted scriptures either. Because, oh. because it's it's a story. Uh, it, we've assumed a lot of stuff, but it's, it's actually based on books that are not canonized and stories that are not canonized. And there's just right. small references in our in our... well, I was just going to give, you, you know, it's in chapter six of Genesis. I was just going to do a brief one through six, what's happening. Uh, yeah, so please. Adam and Eve were, um, uh, were just evicted from the Garden of Eden for, you know, fruit-related crimes. And, uh, and Cain had just murdered his brother Abel and, and disappeared with the mark. And then it kind of is revealed that the earth is populated with other people. And at this time, it says, the sons of God took notice of the beauty of human women and they made wives of them. So they came down and, and had sex with the women and impregnated them according to the Bible. And they made these half, whatever the sons of, whatever the sons of God is, I'm not saying that those are angels, but whatever this group well, yeah. is, the sons of God is. In other scriptures, not accepted into the canon. And some crazy books, it also says that they're angels that came well, down. Yeah. They wouldn't have made the distinction that, that they found beauty in human women. We know that they weren't <laughs> human. Right. Men, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sons of God, these, these uh, extraterrestrial uh, angelic beings came down and had sex with our girls got them pregnant and they were born these half angel, half men. And it says mighty men of renown. Yep. And so it's chaos, 
right? Yeah. There's, there's giant super people and God immediately just hits the reset button on the planet earth. The, the great deluge, the great flood kills everybody. Yeah. Because they don't, don't want the bloodline to be uh, uh, spoiled, you know, because they don't want it to be adulterated, which man, that leads into a lot of stuff in our culture later. But that was one of the reasons supposedly that some of the, especially some of the tribes didn't interbreed you know trying to protect the bloodline and now if you have nephilim involved nephilim involved and half angel half man breed blood you don't want to get involved with that that's for sure (laughs) but the reset doesn't work right i mean i mean maybe one of noah noah in the ark i mean you would have thought you would have thought that god's reset button would have been like working correctly though you know there is a chance that Ham, Shem, or Japheth, the three sons of Noah, one of them was an angel baby, was a Nephilim. Yeah. Because angel so, baby. Uh, unbeknownst well, to God, unbeknownst to God, man, he killed a lot of people and forgot about that angel baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Snuck through. Slipped through the cracks. Slipped through the so then, so then. Israel, the people of Israel, the Jews, end up as slaves in Egypt for like 400 years. And then they're liberated by Moses. They flee across the Red Sea and, um, and they wander around in the desert for 40 years. And then they go into a land called Canaan, which God said, this is the promised land for you. And so Moses sent spies down into Canaan. And what did he, what did they come back and report? Men the size of giants. Yeah. The Nephilim Mm -hmm. are down there. So God used this um, slave desert people to then go in and eviscerate Canaan and, and, and take, he said, Oh man, the, the, the land runs of milk and honey. And the, now now let's, now let's spill blood so that we can have it. Grapes are the size of human fists. So so let's go kill the people who belong, you who own this stuff and make it God's, make it God's land. Um, And and, uh, like a lot of that is, if you step outside of it, these scriptures and stories, this is people trying to make sense of God, you know? So when they attribute something to God and because it's in, the bible it's not questioned by a lot of the culture we grew up in it's still these are people trying to make sense of god so yes if if they are blessed and they find this blessing that they were led to then obviously in their culture we overtake you know so god has given our blessing so god said you know and it doesn't mean that god told them to go kill everyone in the like in that country you know that it's people trying to make sense you know that's what these stories are it's stories of us trying to make sense we still are we still think that two people that are the same sex that love each other are abhorrent and we're not going to kill them but man they need to know that they're going to go to hell and burn forever you know like we're sorry but i mean it's it's us trying to make sense of god and in our what we like and dislike and accept and not accept, you know? 
there are just as many instructions as yeah. there are about homosexuals which jesus never talked about himself there's 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 less there's there's less there's less scripture about homosexuality than i mean he's clear than, about than, eating shellfish you know <laughs> he's very clear about eating shrimp mixed fabrics women not being in any place of authority you know him. what i'm just so glad that now because this man was killed and tortured by god and people we can now eat shrimp yeah. i mean that, that's the <laughs> that's, that's the change that happens so that we can eat shellfish you know like <laughs> we know we, we can now we can <laughs> we can now wear the most famous fashion designers on our body because thank goodness christ was tortured and killed now we can wear the biggest fashions of all time it really is amazing it is it is incredible did you have a specific thing you were going to next no i just i just like talking about the dumb shit in the bible (laughs) (laughs) one of my favorite stories when i was a kid was there's this this figure this this levite uh, in the old testament named samson yeah his characteristic of this superhero is that he had super he was of the tribe of levi so he could never cut his hair that was that was the law and so his strength came um came from his hair and he has all kinds of escapades from you know um i didn't laugh immediately because i grew up with that right but i wanted to when you said and his strength comes from his hair i just i'm like oh man he wrestles a lion and kills a lion in the desert. He kills a thousand soldiers with, with the, the jawbone and the brings. Didn't he bring? Is he the one that brought the uh, all the foreskins in a bag? Well, uh, there's a, a lot gift? of that. A, well, there is a lot of that. But. That's sprinkled throughout the Old Testament. It's, yeah, sprinkled. Good. Uh, yeah. The he, he's really respected. Everybody wants to be on Samson's good side because he's kind of a. Kind of, kind of a loose cannon. And so this guy offers his daughter to Samson to, to be uh, Samson's wife. And the Bible says that um, Samson didn't pay much attention to her at first. And so the guy's like, oh, Samson's obviously uh, not interested in my daughter. So he gave his daughter to another man. And when Samson found out that he gave his daughter to another man, Samson caught 50 foxes and he tied their tails together in threes and he lit their tails on fire and sent them running across this man's property. Praise be. <laughs> there, was a, there was a prophet of God who had to go deliver a message to a king. I wish I could pull up the names right now. And he waited until the he hid in the king's bathroom. And it said that the king was a really fat guy and he went into the bathroom and he would be in there an hour and this prophet I love those was, I love those details I mean that's the prophet was waiting in there and the king sat down on the toilet to take a crap and he jumped yeah. out and he's like I've got a message from God motherfucker and he plunged he just started plunging the knife into the guy's fat it actually it actually talked it actually it says that he's plunging it into his fat like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> prophets are dicks yeah. There was this time where a, 
one of the tribes of Israel was going to war with one of the enemies of, of Israel. And so the king of this other country hired one of God's prophets named Balaam to put a curse on the Israel's army. He was actually going to pay an Israelite prophet to put a curse on Israel's army. And Balaam's heading over there and God tries to interfere with this process. And so God speaks to Balaam through the donkey. Yeah. Who I'm assuming sounded like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> Probably. I sure hope so. Can, I mean, from talking snakes, you know, um, to falling walls. Well, and it's, but it's stuff like that. Like, it never said, like, in that story that the snake was Satan. It never did. Like, but everyone, that's the story that everyone has, you know, it was, it was a serpent, you know, and again, we don't want to go into all the stuff in this podcast with it, but like, it, it's never stated that that's Satan. It's a supposedly a chaos creature, which as we talked about before, like it's neither good nor bad. It's just there. That was a belief. A lot of, a, a lot of time of a lot of spirits, you know, not necessarily good or bad, but but it was that serpent that was there, but we we've made it no questions asked. That was the devil yeah. as a snake, you know? Yeah. Can and I, in, oh, go ahead. In that, in that uh, book on the origin of Satan that we read yeah. from one of the earlier podcasts, it said that um, the way that that was, uh, that story was recorded and written matches the, all of these stories from that era where all of the animals talked. Yes. And, um, and this is not trying to, people think talking about this now is trying to disprove or say it's all like false. No, these are true stories written, but like, there's a reason that they're written how they are, because there's many stories as well of, the tree trees having symbolism of it's a, it's a form of writing, you know, like uh, there's other stories from other cultures. These animals talk, these trees have symbolism. These plants do it's written in that same style. You know, it's a, it's, it's a story trying to get across a bigger idea, you know, for your particular foundation of belief. I, I still want to talk about the crazy shit. Uh, the hilarious stories that are in the Bible and the absurd, but some of the absurd is also like turned into very serious stuff, you know? And I don't know if you want to share the story on tour or not, but the topic of the rapture. Yeah. I mean, that, that is ingrained into society ingrained enough to have like the, the left behind series, like, there's, I didn't even know there's whole sets of books for children as well. Did you know that? Yeah. Tons of, <coughs> and, and that, that the rapture is not in scripture or at least the idea of it. And the idea of it called that is not, it took me a long time to find out that information. Cause I never, I just never thought of searching about it. I never thought of looking up stuff about it because it was a given it's a given that you know somebody's going to disappear their razor is going to be running on the counter and you're going to wake up and be like where'd they go and oh you've been left behind like you're screwed now you know mm -hmm. um 
And the once I found out like that it really isn't in there and that moments like um, that are used for it are like uh, one standing in the field and the other's taken, you know, or we'll meet, uh, we'll meet Jesus in the sky, you know, and, you know, go with him. Once I started finding out about some of that imagery that we're talking about, a lot of that is like references to being liberated and welcoming a king in because they would go out into open country and then bring mm-hmm. him back, you know. So we would go up into the air with with Jesus, supposedly, but they would we would bring him back. There's not even anything about going away. It's it's the same imagery. It's talking about there's an, another ruler that we're mm-hmm. going to welcome, you know. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like being like left behind in a field, like it, it said, like as in the time of Mo- of Noah, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were if you were taken, that's not good. If you were left behind, that's good. Like you were left behind, you were in the ark, you were fine. If you if you were there and taken away, that is not good that you were taken away, you know. And so they were talking about the the um, imminent like invasion and how people will be taken you know like but we have transformed all of those stories into this one like very cohesive thing that we think has always been around you know that's so ingrained in our theology i'm on a ramble now but this is one of the things that's fascinated me like so i mean there's oh go ahead probably grew up around uh people who um so, so the book of Revelation uh, that most people call Revelations, but yeah. is the book of Revelation, although it does have multiple revelations within it. Yes. <clears throat> written by a disciple um, who is um, stra- stranded on an island. And these were the visions that. I'm glad you said disciple because we don't officially know which one that is. Or it could be a random John. It was John, right? John of Patmos. John on the island of Patmos. But we don't know what John that is. It could just be a random follower, you know, that's never figured out ever. Yeah. Correct. Um, But but if you've read it, it's a lot of imagery of dragons and harlots and lamps. And and there's actually uh, a vision of of God and and, and what God uh, looks like, describes him with feet of bronze, hair of wool booming voice um but there is something about human beings some more than others who like taking a a prophecy like that in interpreting these prose and trying to figure it out and predicting it and the most extreme version of this is people who call the dates and then get a bunch of people to follow them and it's going to happen right now stand on this hill And those kind of come and go all the time. But like right now, currently, I know several people who uh, have an idea or like have like insider knowledge on on, this is it right here. We're in the end times right here. But it's been like that. I'm I'm 50 years old. (laughs) It's been like that my whole life. Well, it's been that way since the beginning. They were all expecting it to occur, you know, in the scriptures. But I think I think my point on the rapture thing is I've never had a topic come up that was so ingrained into my life and caused so much damage 
that I could actually trace somewhat to an event, you yeah. know, like, so was it, yeah, John Darby, he was sent to this uh, group, this charismatic group um, led by some Scotsman, I can't remember his name, John Irving or something like that, I'm not sure. Anyway, they went there because there was this lady that was giving prophetic visions, and some of the details that were said sort of resonated with Darby some. And uh, so supposedly this lady, Mary McDonald, and this charismatic group, he went to witness these things. And supposedly while she was sick with a fever, she was having prophetic visions. And she started having these visions about God's people and the church being raptured from this world and, and, and snatched away before the world's judgment. So this resonated a little bit with Darby because he, he, he was having some you know, different ideas about stuff, but like pretty much he took her visions and, and he started teaching, you know, because he's, he was a well-known influential, like, like Bible teacher at that time, Darby was. So he came back and eventually Schofield uh, took his, found his teachings interesting. And so now he's, influencing another person Schofield then took his teachings and put it in the footnotes of his Schofield Bible about the rapture and about uh, uh-huh. all that stuff right then the Schofield Bible became the main Bible used in seminaries across like ev- everywhere it became the go-to book for all people being put brought into ministry to all people like it, it was it was the one main thing <laughs> it was in the footnotes of that bible and that became a given interpretation of scriptures that became a guaranteed truth taught now that if you question you are like you're misled if you question that there like it it all originated from that process or a form of a form of that process footnotes of a bible from something like that originating and now you can't question that idea because you're considered not christian though most people will never know the history of that whatever version of history it is you know there's different forms of what that what took place in that but those notes in that Bible that was passed around that was used and still is used, those notes became part of I'm glad you told me that. I, when I was growing up, sorry, one more thing, one more thing. And yet we have notes now when people say the Bible doesn't change. And I'm like, have you looked at the notes in your Bible? So back then, those notes like did a lot of damage, you know, from that particular idea. But now I'm like, look at your notes. It changes. They're now telling you this verse is not was not necessarily here in the beginning. It was probably added later. It'll tell you this was interpret interpreted wrong. It really means this. But the scriptures stay written the same in that. But in the notes, you know, like it's the notes. That's where we're supposedly growing and learning. But we're still keeping the. Still even like reading. whole books like the book of job like a lot of people are like <laughs> yeah. in <clears throat> so as, as a young child I, I must have known i must have known this shit when i was five and six years old because 
I remember the rapture stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I remember I being <coughs> terrified, walking around my backyard, like re, you know, asking just in case there was a clerical error in the Lamb's Book of Life. I accept Christ right now. Just. Right I mean, I, I told you that in another one. I don't even know if it was a podcast we released or not, but I've I've lost I've lost some years of my life of like in school. <laughs> do you remember like? I would be at home, I'd be up at night and I would be like praying over and over until I didn't have a doubt because once you have a doubt, he doesn't hear you. I would excuse myself to go to the bathroom in high school, get on the floor and ask just to make sure, you know, like, and that, that like that it's, it's things like that. There's those crazy stories in scripture that is hilarious, but it's shit like this that we need to reform from that has done so much like damage, you know? damage to people fear and uh, like that at, at such a young age i mean that it's that, it is cold it's a cultish thing robbed me of some joy and innocence but it was Absolutely. done with all the best intention good intentions yeah so at a young age i heard that i, I made that there's a distinction there's three different ways that people are interpreting the book of revelation, like the return of Christ, the end of the world. And they call it pre-trib or pre-tribulation, mid, mid tribulation or post tribulation. <clears throat> the tribulation is going to be a period of years, seven, seven. years of, of darkness where God removes himself from the earth and it just goes crazy. Yeah. So uh, there is a group of people who interpret it in such a way that before the tribulation happens, because God loves us so much, he wants us to be with us. He doesn't want us to suffer. Shoom. That's that one where just suddenly and all that's the, the one Christians disappear. Right. One man walking up a hill, you know, two men walking up a hill. One, one being left behind. That's what we were just talking about. That's where that came from. Yeah. Right. So. <clears throat> Then the mid-tribulation and the post-tribulation believe that, one, people can come to Christ during the tribulation and be raptured at some point, or, and that suffering and perseverance, and, and, and I do believe this, um, purifies the soul, you know, suffering and perseverance um, unifies, unifies people focuses people purifies people sure. so that god would let us go through the tribulation and then be redeemed when it's all over but what but, that what that meant is being martyred right right and that's where it's again again it's fucked up that's where i found hope i was like man if i do find a loophole and i get left behind at least i can still be killed and i found hope <laughs> fucked i asked my dad when i was a little kid which one do you believe, Dad? Pre-trib or post-trib? And he's like, I usually believe whatever the last sermon I heard about it was. And he's Wisdom. like, he's like, just, just you know, just prepare for all of them, right? Prepare. Don't don't touch your dick, because he could just appear at any time. You know, get yeah. ready to to have some suffering. 
he he was of the mind that Christians were already persecuted at that time, that we were being um, shunned in our culture and and well, and the, and uh, yeah, that is an extreme thing that's been here in the states too. But the truth of that, there is truth in that. The people in in the Middle East and stuff, they've been going through the exact same things that have been detailed as describing the end, and they've been uh-huh. going through it for this whole time. This whole years. time. They're experiencing all the things that have been written. No time there. off. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Who are these people in the States? Wait, right. where's the pause that was supposed to happen before the really bad stuff happens? Like, And if you asked my sister, Holly what she believed she would say i believe we are already in hell and she makes a strong case for it and i do want to back up well yeah of course that yeah yeah but i do want to back up a little all those things you just said that are um pre-trib mid-trib post-trib depending on what where you are in your culture and what is taught in your seminary those one of those three are truths but in actually and you're taught that one of those are is truth but in fact right. they're all just assumptions, all assumptions. It, it's all it's all assumptions because i guarantee you not one of them would well not many would lay down their life if you put a gun to their head to say are you sure this is what like, cause it's not there. It's not there. It's, it's educated assumptions that are passed off as truth, which is a lot of the stuff that does damage. But, but there's just something about human beings. We we're just, we're drawn to that, trying to, trying to predict the future and, and figure it yeah. out. Yeah. It, and I would love to like, just set that aside like that, but you have, you have this cultish mindset ingrained into people and it is it's doing destruction to people here in the states but like the same thing happens with other religions than the extreme versions the 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 bombers that 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 blow themselves up the they all feel like they're doing the right thing too you know Mm -hmm. and Oh. Unless, like, unless we like, whether you are a Christian or not, like, we have to address this stuff and like find a way to reform it. I think, you know, like for me, I want the people I grew up in not to like fall prey to all the shit, you know. But ultimately, I just want us all to be better. This probably won't be in the podcast because I'm right now. I'm just rambling, but well, it, do, it does relate, and and that's why I kind of <laughs> wanted to turn some focus on the, on the Bible uh, just for a second as, as an object and not as something to be worshiped, but as something to be studied, like an ancient text and to be understood. And I think that, I think that's what the writers of different books were doing. There's goodness and truth there. And you recognize it when you see it, when you're, They weren't writing. They they weren't writing a Bible. They were writing letters to each other. They were writing letters to to people. They were writing like, and they knew this would be beneficial to others, you know. But they were not writing to make a a, a one book. They they were writing to learn from each other, you know. Once we made it a book, then what you're talking about now is like, yeah, man, we've raised this thing to an idol. 
equivalent to God. Like, so if you misunderstand it, you are fucked. And there's so much good in there and you know it when you see it, you know, when you're reading about the fruits of the spirit and it's talking about cherishing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You're like, yeah, that's right. And when they're talking about like cutting testicles off and sleeping with, you know, fucking animals and stuff like that. You're like, God damn, that was weird out there. And that's where Still you're, and, and that's where you were talking about before, like morals and ethics. <clears throat> right. Like morals, so, morals have changed to a place where now it's like, well, you don't jump to that necessarily, you know. So, but, so grab a hold of the baby, put him in your other arm, and throw the fucking bathwater out. I've had enough of the bathwater. <laughs> it's crazy talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. We got to stop living in. We got to stop living in fear. The other thing that the church needs to let go to of besides predicting the future, reinforcing the idea of hell, hating homosexuals is get out of the bedroom. That's none of your fucking business. Yeah. I mean, every religion across the world and throughout time gets involved in the bedroom. You know what I mean? And that ain't got nothing. I I admit, like, a lot of harm can come from bad sexual encounters, toxic relationships. And and that's truth. And just let witches be. You know, they they seem pretty harmless. They stay in the woods. So if if I had a wish on how we might progress as humanity, I would wish for a day that we take down the flags.